Welcome to the Westminster Effects Doxology Podcast. I am Cody Fields, the president of the Northminster Family of Guitar Effects. You can check us out at westminstereffects.com. Also, you can join the Westminster Effects Doxology Podcast Lounge on Facebook and join the discussion. You can follow us, comment, share on Facebook and Instagram, and you can subscribe on iTunes and Spotify. And make sure to leave a a five-star review on iTunes. I am joined by... It's Bradley Cox. I'm the lead pastor at Resurrection Church in Greer, South Carolina. And we are not joined by one John Ross today. The scheduling and all that kind of stuff has been a little bit crazy. So we're here on a Thursday morning, bright and early, very early, (laughs) Uh, which I am definitely not used to. Um, But basically, it's sermon prep day for you. Yes. So I guess let's walk... Well, I guess... Uh, let's not skip a segment. What happened last week at church? Last week at church, Romans six, end, end of correct. Romans five, beginning of Romans six. Um, I, first of all, I had like an hour of sleep the night before. Oh, really? I, I was telling you before we hit record that I'm training for a half marathon. I ran 11 miles Saturday. And when I got into the bed Saturday evening, I laid down and it's like my legs would not stop moving. Oh, no. Restless leg or something. I don't know. Yeah. It, it just, and my heart rate felt elevated. It's like my body was, you know, if you haven't, I haven't done a whole lot of distance running like that. So, yeah. um, I didn't sleep well and I was barely here Sunday morning, if I'm honest, physically. Hmm. Um, it, it just, I, I struggled to get my my brain in gear, but um, but I felt like it was a good Sunday, and um, you know, we're wrestling in Romans right now with this whole notion of you know what does it mean that we've died to sin? Right. What does it mean that we are we've been set free? We we're, we're no longer slaves to sin. We're slaves to righteousness. Mm-hmm. We're, we've been buried with Christ in His baptism. We've been raised to newness of life in Him. Uh, the bulk of chapter five is about either you're either in Adam or you're in Christ. Right. One or the other. And Paul says now by grace through faith, the saved are in Christ, no longer in Adam. And that has resulted in a radical transformation, uh, to put it mildly. And that transformation, um, you know, at least among other things is realized in some, you know, victory over sin, this, a change in character and nature. Mm-hmm. My desires are now bent in a different direction. And I think why that's so challenging for us is that it's hard for many Christians who have grown up in the revivalist, you know, oh, yeah. post Billy Graham, post, um, oh, his name left me, the Charles Finney, you know, uh, post all of that revivalist mm-hmm. kind of, you know, notion about salvation. Um, yeah, especially with Finney, where he explicitly taught justification by sanctification. Exactly. Like denying the atonement, like you got to pull yourself up by your bootstraps. It was really kind of like quintessential American religion. <laughs> right. <laughs> you know. And and when you don't, when, when salvation is a decision that you make and sanctification is a discipline that you apply. Right. Only... Um, then, you know, it just gives rise to Christians who just now think salvation is, you know, I, I realize that when I go to heaven, when I die, not to hell. Right. 
Um, and, you know, and then you have sort of more of the reformed camp, reformed thinking, where there, there might, in, in some of those cases, I think, in, in some places, there's a, there's a high grace teaching without a whole lot of emphasis on the transformation that is supposed to follow. Mm-hmm. And so we've been kind of wrestling through that in Romans, and I think that's, you know, that's been great for our church. I, I'm, I'm, it's great for me. I'm excited about this part of Romans. Yeah, we've been, uh, in our life group, we've been mostly following along. We're actually a little bit ahead of the sermon series right yep. now. And uh, I kind of brought up the correlation to 1 Corinthians 6 of don't you know that you know all these jacked up people aren't going to inherit the kingdom of God. A lot of times we want to stop there if we're struggling with a habitual sin yeah. of well, I guess I'm screwed. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, but then the very next sentence is and such were some of you. Yeah. But Jesus. You know, yeah, so right, right. Uh, that was kind of important. I guess my uh, I kind of did an experiment on in church on Sunday in that I, I saw that we <clears throat> were only doing four songs as com- uh, compared to our usual five. Mm-hmm. So I usually uh, bear the responsibility of uh, planning the scripture reading in the middle of that. So I did a bigger chunk than normal. <laughs> you did, and it was good. Yeah, and uh, even to the point where uh, Carrie, our... A uh, lady who does graphics and all mm-hmm. the slides set up uh, at our church mm-hmm. uh, texted me and said, "Hey, this thing is like nine slides. Are you sure this is right?" And I was mm-hmm. like, "Unless Bradley yells at me, yes." <laughs> <laughs> no, it was but, good. But it got a good response, and it was it was First Peter one three through nine. One of my f- absolute favorites. And it passages. was like it was it was preceding uh, resurrecting by elevation. Mm-hmm. Um, me. Because I'm blanking, it's too early for me to actually think about anything right now. Uh, various trials, so that the tested genuineness of your faith, more precious than gold that perishes, though is tested by fire, may be found to result in praise and glory and honor at the revelation of Jesus Christ. Uh, though you have not seen him, you love him. Though you now, do not now see him, you believe in him and rejoice with joy that is inexpressible and filled with glory. And uh, like. I kept my in-ears in, mm. but I still heard a more audible um, response from the congregation than normal. Mm. Uh, maybe it was just because it was that selection, but it also could have been uh, the fact that it was it was a pretty good chunk of Scripture as opposed to just one, two, maybe three or four verses. It was six. <laughs> and especially when you're talking epistles those verses can get pretty long. Well, you know, and we have short, so, such short attention spans. Oh, yeah. Nowadays. And I, and I was talking with Brian Onkin that, you know, Brian mm-hmm. Brian is my pastor. We got to get him on. We, we do. He's my pastor, my mentor. I meet with him every Wednesday. And we were talking about Romans. And it, it, I'll tell you just real briefly what we were talking about. So we were talking about how this, this whole thing about life in Adam, life in Christ, yep. set free from sin. You, you know, Paul raises that, or he, he talks about that in chapter 5. That raises a couple of questions that he addresses in 6 and 7. Mm-hmm. But then there's a big, huge parentheses uh, 
or no, and he finishes the argument in chapter eight where he talks about life in the spirit mm-hmm. versus life in the flesh. So he's he, he's building all the way to chapter eight. Chapter eight's a really big climax. He hasn't right. really mentioned the spirit at all mm-hmm. that I can think of. I might be wrong about that, but not at least not much until chapter eight. And then there's this big parentheses in nine, ten, and eleven. Right. And and huge parentheses that wouldn't have been that big a deal for Paul's readers, but that parentheses, there's a lot of stuff in there for us to wrestle mm-hmm. with. And then he finishes really what he talked about in five through eight in chapter 12. Yeah. Therefore be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Yeah. Chapter 12. And I was just talking with Brian about how it's really hard. That one of the big challenges of teaching through Romans is that it, Paul's, Paul's thoughts and ideas are such big chunks. Right. But Brian reminded me that, you know, when Paul wrote the letter, the expectation would have been they would have read the the whole thing. thing. The whole thing. And we get little 30 minute, 40 minute segments uh, of teaching on on this kind of stuff. Um, You know, and it it takes you two and a half months to get through three chapters. Yeah, which which. I mean, just goes to show that, hey, people need to be reading their Bibles <laughs> on their own. Uh, but I like press. the fact that you yeah. did yeah, the, yeah, the yeah, bigger yeah. chunk. Yeah. That was really good. Yeah, and, and I guess that kind of leads into what we wanted to talk about is today is Sermon Prep Day. Mm-hmm. How does that look for Bradley Cox? Because um, well, I'm, I'm sure, I know you're studying throughout the week, mm-hmm. and then that kind of leads up to today where you finalize it, I guess, right? In a sense, sense. um, I, you know, I'm not a journaler Mm -hmm. that I've tried that. I've really tried hard to do that. I'm not really either. Yeah. Um, I think it's great if you can do that. I just don't. Mm -hmm. So I read, I read the text. Um, I will pick up commentaries occasionally throughout the week. Um, I might go read, Piper's thoughts or, mm-hmm. or Sproul's thoughts. Um, it, Sproul, it's harder because he doesn't have manuscripts. And mm-hmm. I don't like to listen to other guys preach the text that I'm preaching. Yeah. You don't want to, like, end up hijacking what they've said. It's too easy. It's too yeah. easy to do that. Like, I can go to Desiring God, and if I want to hear Piper's thoughts on a verse or two, yeah, I can read it like it's a commentary. Right. And then I can digest it, process it. Decide whether or not I agree with him, which far be it for me to disagree with Piper. But um, <laughs> and 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 then you know I use that maybe like a commentary. I might do that. Sometimes I do. Sometimes I don't. Um, you know I use a, a guy by the name of Weiss. Is he doesn't have commentaries on the whole Bible, but he does really good Greek analysis. Mm. It's not like you know, application kind of things, but it's, it's more just, okay, here's the word, here's the sense, here's the tense, here's what that means, here's how we might translate that better, uh, that kind of stuff. So I, I read the text and I read those kinds of books throughout the week um, and, you know, just ruminate on it. Like I'm thinking about it in the shower. I'm thinking right, about it. Right. Driving. It's I'm, kind of your job. Exactly. It's just. It's just <laughs> always. It's always churning. Yeah. It's always churning. What about this? What about that? Mm-hmm. What about this? And 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 so that <clears throat> builds to Thursday. Yeah. So do you uh, do you outline it? Do you um, you know like Jonathan Edwards was kind of known to manuscript 
his uh, his sermons on really kind of tiny pieces of paper, mm-hmm. but at the same time, he had apparently written it so much that he probably mostly had it memorized. Mm-hmm. Um, John Calvin, if I remember correctly, went up there, like he had prepared, but he didn't have an outline. He just took the Bible up and said, let's go. Mm-hmm. Uh, what are you doing in, in regards to keeping yourself on track? Or I'm more of an Edwards yeah. in that regard. Like I, Thursdays usually begin for me by opening a blank document, and it's a brain dump. I, I copy the text onto the document, mm-hmm. whatever block I'm going to cover. Yeah, and then it's a brain dump onto that piece of paper. I don't. I'm not trying to think through it in an, in a super organized fashion. Yeah, you know, um, but I am verse by verse. I am just. What, what am I thinking about this? Right. What do I see that connects to what? What questions is this raising? Mm-hmm. What questions does this answer? And you're, you're as much as possible trying to let the text speak for itself. Exactly. And, and let that do the heavy lifting ultimately. Exactly. Because I always begin with what is it saying? Yeah. What is it saying? What did Paul say? Not what. how does this apply to me? Mm-hmm. It takes a long time to get there. Right. Um, how, what, what is he saying? And then what, what questions is that raising for me? Because I don't come to scripture without the expectation that I'm going to be challenged in some way in my thinking. Right. Every time I pick up the Bible, I expect that. So that brain dump is just really the, the, the culmination of, of, at least a week's worth of wrestling with the text, mm-hmm. maybe looking at what some other people are saying. Right. Um, it's it's not that you get to Thursday and say, holy crap, I haven't thought about this at all. No, not at it's, all. Lord, if I'm in that position. Because <laughs> there are guys who get to that point where they might even, you know, be in that position Friday or Saturday and they have a mild freak out. Mm-hmm. So your, your main thing is you're in the text all week. Mm-hmm. On top of any other study that you might be doing, mm-hmm. like you've been reading this uh, plurality of elders book, mm-hmm. um, and then you get to Thursday, and that kind of culminates. You mm-hmm. dump everything out on the paper, and then how do things finally start to kind of take uh, proper form? So then, what I do is I have a, there's a service that I subscribe <laughs> to called Sermonary, mm-hmm. and they it, you can look it up. I think it's really cool. It, it's just a sort of a template kind of thing where you can drag and drop blocks into a, like a passage, a, a block for scripture, a block for commentary, a block for a point, mm-hmm. a block for an illustration, a block for uh, an application. Yeah. Um, there, there's there's several different things. You can customize the templates. They have pre-built templates. I use basically just a blank slate and I drag and drop the blocks in and then I'm referencing my brain dump document yep. to fill in the content. Gotcha. But Sermonary gives me the like some really cool graphical representations for my points, mm-hmm. helps me emphasize certain things. Um, but for all intents and purposes, when it's done in seminary, it's a manuscript. Right. Uh, for all intents and purposes. Sure. It's, it's a, I'm preaching it. I take my brain dump and I preach a sermon mm-hmm. onto my sermonary note. And then that comes out Sunday morning. And then I finish it Thursday, generally 
I don't pick it up again until Sunday morning. Gotcha. Yeah. When it's done, mm-hmm. I leave it. I go home. I'm with my family for Friday and Saturday. Mm-hmm. I might take a glance at it if we're if we're having some downtime. There's nothing going on. Yeah. I might pick it up and look at it. But um, Sunday morning, I'm here by 6 a.m. Mm-hmm. At, at the latest. Um, and what I do there is I, I'm going through those notes over and over and over again. I'm highlighting. I'm drawing arrows. I'm, you know, might delete a sentence. I might, mm-hmm. it, you know, it, it, by the time, I'll show you one of them. By the time I get done with it, it's just highlighted and marked up and whatever and, and I'm not doing that so much to make me remember things up there. Yeah. As much as I'm just, once again, digesting. Just, yeah, re-digesting it. By the time I get up there, I really only reference it like it was a very short outline. Yeah. And then I just preach. Yeah. And let, so one, one last question, because I know you got to get going. Uh, you have your pastoral duties to attend to. Mm-hmm. Is, is So I am... At Southside Christian, mm-hmm. coaching baseball, and our head coach, one Kenneth Ledford, so shout out to Kenneth, um, has me doing team devotionals. You know, mm-hmm. it's one of the advantages of being in a Christian school. Difference between preparing for a proper sermon and maybe more of a teaching in 10 minutes uh-huh. type of situation. Um, what's your Maybe how does that approach differ? I mean, obviously you don't have to put uh, an entire day's worth of work into a brain dump and all that mm-hmm, kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, you still want to be pretty thorough. Mm-hmm. So maybe what's the difference in that approach? Well, so like um, this past Tuesday, our senior adult group had a luncheon yeah. for Valentine's Day, and they wanted me to do a devotion. So um, I got in here. Uh, that morning and I spent about 30-45 minutes in some texts that I was familiar with right? Uh, about love and the love of God mm-hmm. Valentine's Day right? Uh, and, and what my goal was is <laughs> if I know if I'm going to talk 10 or 15 minutes I'm going to have one point I got yeah. one point and how can I in that amount of time, emphasize that one point that is coming from the text, not something that I said, okay, I want to make this point. Let me go find some scripture. But right. I, I, I start with some text that I may be familiar with, you know, um, or, or someone might give me a text and ask me to do a devotional. Yeah. And again, what I'm looking for is what is the main thing yeah. that I see here. Since you don't have time to really pull out yeah. three, four, 17 points, if you want to go the Driscoll That's route. Right. That's <laughs> right. You, you've got, you've got to, you know, and, and I think the more you speak, the better you get at that, right. the better you get at going, okay, I can make this point and leave these other things alone. Right. The, in earlier years, I, I struggled with that big time is that yeah. I felt like I had to chase every rabbit. I had to chase every you know, and you just don't have time to do that. You just don't have time five, to do 10, that. 15 minutes. You just don't have time to do that. I still struggle with that mm-hmm. every week in sermon prep. Is I'll, you know, um, well, especially when you have such a dense text as Romans. <laughs> like you, there were. I mean, I, I noticed. You know, you didn't talk about being baptized into Christ's death. You could have spent a lot of time on that. That's what I'm gonna do this week. That's what I'm gonna do this week. I'm I'm backing up, and I'm gonna 
pick up. I, I might even start with verse one again this week. Sure. Because I, my plan. There's so much there. There's so much there. So I, I'm really going to take my time through chapter six. And so this week I'm going to talk about being baptized into Christ's death. And it, we're going to spend a lot of time on that. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, it, it, cool. I think, you know, for people that are trying to, you know, they're getting opportunities to speak and they're learning to speak. My my big thing is always start with the text, spend time with the text yep. without trying to write a sermon. That's what the point of my mm-hmm. week leading up to Thursday is, is I'm spending time with the text without trying to craft a sermon. Right. I used to make that mistake is that I would, I would go to the text and immediately try and, to and immediately I'm trying to write a sermon. And that's, that's, you know, that was a frustrating discouraging, tiring, and I think a whole lot less effective. Right. Because you should be preaching out of an overflow. Mm. You should be teaching out of an overflow is that this text has so grabbed a hold of you. It it has so impacted you. It has so renovated your thinking that that when you, if you go the route I did and my method's not perfect, but if you use the method I use, when you get to that brain dump, yeah. It's like, oh man, I'm just pouring out all of the things that the Lord has shown me or, you know, uh, taught me, put his finger on in me because of this text. And, and then I get to build a sermon off of that. Mm. And that, that's so, even if you're doing a 10 minute devotion, right? that should be your goal is that I want to spend time with the Lord in his word, even if it's two or three verses that I'm going to talk for 10 minutes on. And then, then let the structure take shape from that um, of whatever it is you're doing. Very cool. So, Recommended reading, listening. I'm going to recommend um, a, yet another uh, Piper. Ask jo- Pastor John. Uh, he's got two great Ask Pastor Johns on how do you prepare sermons. I've listened to both of those. I don't follow his method exactly. Uh, his is a little different than mine. Uh, but yet there are some similarities, and I think John Piper puts together fantastic messages that, you know, are his core values when it comes to sermon prep. Or yep, I totally agree with them, mm-hmm. uh, and 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 I've shaped mine based on what I know his are. So sure. those two asked Pastor John's. One was done on July fourth, two thousand ten. The other December fourth. Uh, 2013. Those are really good. Awesome. Uh, so I have two. One is R.C. Sproul's commentary on Romans. Since we've been talking about Romans, it's it's actually a really easy read. I mean, it's uh, Sproul. Yeah, it's <laughs> he's, he's so conversational. Um, and then the other is the Expositor podcast, uh, which is done by Steve Lawson. It's it's all about. Uh, expositing the text and it it's geared more toward the professional I guess you could say professional preacher mm. uh, it's actually pretty short episodes in the seven to ten minute range his most ep- uh, recent episode was on preaching with passion cool um, and he, ref- he actually referenced Sproul and like if, if you don't have preaching in your sermon you might as well just not exactly <laughs> and and on top of that uh, if you don't have passion, then you've basically just turned it into a lecture. That's true. Yeah. 
And um, so, anyway, if you're actively Very writing good. and performing music and would like to be an official Westminster artist and even get your song played at the end of one of these podcast episodes, fill out our application at westminstereffects.com. This week's outro song is actually something that I did for my dad's new podcast. Sweet! Uh, his new podcast is called All Seven Days, and this is my metal rendition of Come Thou Fount. Thanks Sweet. for listening. <laughs>